nudge. Well, so here's what I've been thinking, something I've been thinking about. And it is exactly related to that. And maybe we can tie it into writing and this thing we do and why we do it. Uh, so, you know, part like, this is beyond, right, the scope of one lifetime, this project, obviously. And yet all anyone has is one lifetime. And those things are intention. It's in, in a, the same way that the the individual's needs and the societal needs can sometimes be intention. Like the, what's the good of the whole versus the good of the, the one? Like how do we balance that? How do we balance this? You know, this this is the project of generations. But all I have is mm. this one life. So how how do I find meaning? in this project that is, that I'm not going to see the end of, mm. which is kind of, it's every project, but it's a, it's a big ask, I think, to, if that's all we can offer of like, well, you're not ever going to see the results of this work. Mm. It's going to be very hard work, potentially very dangerous. Mm -hmm. and you won't ever see the benefit. <laughs> but, but, I mean, and, and then as an example, we hold up like the spiritual titans mm -hmm. of history. So on the one hand, it seems like it seems a lot to ask people to be a spiritual titan. And, you know, in the same way that it's a lot to ask people to be a titan of anything, like we're 30,000 people you're not going to all be titans. How, how, so how do we engage people and keep them engaged? Well, it's kind of like with both of those truths, the, the, the both of them being that this is not going to be resolved. This is the work of our lifetime, or this is a work of many lifetimes, but within our lifetime, we will find meaning. Hmm. There, we will and beyond just like theoretical like actual like mm -hmm. end of the day here's what i did today it was fucking like the stuff of of life and that's why we do it and at the end of my life i can look back and find all these hmm. points of of not just like 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 memorable but like deeply hmm. meaningful mm -hmm. and uh, I think, I hope, uh, I want that story, poetry, art uh, uh, is is that mm. the, those ways in which we can engage people and keep them engaged, and within our lives we can mm. tell these stories and write these stories that do have uh, beginning, middles, and ends. Uh, Dave Eggers had a great interview recently, I think with Ezra Klein. And he talked about the importance of a beginning, middle and end. Mm. Like, especially when we're in the middle of the shit, like right now, like we, we need stories that have ends. Then <laughs> 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 we need to know that resolution is some kind of resolution is possible. Yeah. So that to me strikes me as the, the gift that the storyteller brings is, hmm. is some kind of resolution within one's lifetime, even if it's not the ultimate hmm. resolution. Hmm. I like that a lot. 
even in our aspirations before the politics stuff, being a writer and of, of even seeing a piece in somebody's hands, um, uh, having somebody read it, having somebody be affected by it, um, understanding that you're associated with something that could move somebody in some way, that's all so out of your hands. It's all very frustratingly out of your hands for for a while. I'm curious, I think, to know or to try to suss out, because I know from a storied perspective, for a long time, the belief that I had was that once somebody publishes it, I'll have resolution. And now, when I look at my stories and my work, I know that that's not the case, and I know that I have to find the resolution in the process of doing it, not just like this has to be enjoyable because it's not enough to simply write a piece without a resolution and say, ah, I feel resolved because <laughs> there is a feeling on entering into a uh, piece of work that is, I am, I have a nugget of something in my head and it's very, you know, I think you and I write similarly in that we don't necessarily have a knowledge of a beginning and an end when we launch into it. And it's something that's interesting that Tim isn't here because his approach, I think, is a little bit more where you going, where did you start, and then bridge those with a, a, a bit more organization. And I could be wrong, um, but I, I'm fairly certain of that. And um, when I settled into this piece that I wrote on uh, The Maggot, uh, it was very much like, okay how do I write this as a, as something that completes itself? How do I write this as something that on entry and entry always feels different. And, you know, I had six or seven different lines in my head that were like, this is where I'll, this is where I'll jump in. Um, how do, how does where I jump in close? And, you know, I have my own answers to that question though. I haven't asked it of myself, but I'd be curious to hear your kind of like, um, uh, just like the the set the the what the sense of resolution in a story feels like, um, what or or what needs to be qualified before you actually feel like, mm, okay. Well, uh, <laughs> that is tough. It's just kind of one of those. I know it when I see it. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not a, here's how it's going to end. Um, I, it, you know, it, it's, I, I, you know, as we've talked about, I, I definitely like my stories meander mm. and uh, so I think it's, it, it's maybe something like, I'm in this new neighborhood. I'm walking around. I'm looking at some of the shops. I've, hmm. I've, uh, you know, I'm going in some of the different stores. There's the old, the, you know, hmm. I'm always going to look for the used bookstore in the neighborhood. I'm always going to look for the cafe, mm -hmm. you know, the, the funky cafe. Like I'm, I'm hopefully there's like a, a park with a nice bench hmm. that I can sit on and, you know, so there's these certain things I'm going to look at and I'm going to want a, a few surprising things. But it's, I guess the resolution would come from, I, you know, I know I haven't seen everything. I haven't explored every nook and cranny, but 
I just I feel like I have a really good sense hmm. of this neighborhood. And if people ask me, what is this neighborhood like? What was it like? I can hmm. at least and, and and even more than that, I could I could at least enough like if you came to visit, I could show you around hmm. and feel like I had some kind of hmm. uh, credibility in doing so. Hmm. Yes, that's what it, I know this well enough to show someone around. Hmm. I love that metaphor. Yeah, it provokes a lot of thoughts, you know, is is um, because the obviously the the neighborhood metaphor could as easily be I walk into a shop and I learn the shop and I want to know that I can walk back into the shop and say it's roughly mm-hmm. this. If I handed somebody these sheafs of paper, it would be like they have a general idea of how to move about mm-hmm. the shop. I think one of the things that I wonder about is uh, the body in relation to the artwork. Um, in that oftentimes we sit down with a fixed amount of time available to us in a day to write, whether that's, um, you know, the hour before the kids get off school, whether that's the two hours because you've woken up early, whether that's, um, because you have the whole day off of work. So you gave yourself the whole day. Um, and in that time as a, as a writer, the, the, the game, the estimate is that you want to feel done with a day of writing when you're done with a day of writing. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's some obviously famous quotes that have gone off on writing like Hemingway's, you know, be, still be hungry at the end of the day for writing more. Um, mm-hmm. But I get the feeling that like so many times I, I used to read a lot of interviews and conversation with my old mentor, Stephen Graham Jones. And he would talk about like, basically he was fueled by chiclets and sweet tea and that when the energy from that ran out, his belief was that basically as much food as you took in before you got started, you have until the energy from that food is spent. Mm. Um, and that in some way, writing is in fact deeply tied to just how much energy you have at a given time. And that based on that energy, and this is me extrapolating that thought, based on that energy, you actually find or create and deeper than just the uh, storyline there understand that your body is interacting with, you know, a materia that it's using up that eventually will be used out. And your, your game or your job is coming into tune with how much energy you have and releasing it at the same interval that you're releasing, like that it's, that it's using up. Oh, and I like that. I like that uh, idea of writing as a physical act, like more than just this, esoteric mm-hmm. like labor of the mind that it's a, it's a physical act is uh, not just the same as any other type of labor, but it too is mm-hmm. physical labor. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's important to, to remember and to, to think about in, uh, because it is, it's our bodies that are producing this mm-hmm. in the same way. It's our bodies that produce anything. Mm-hmm. I get part of the question I have now for you is so were these bodies in these neighborhoods mm. uh, what then is the how, did, how, did, how then does your body in this neighborhood approach the poem or the short story or the the novel and when do you know do you mm. go in knowing I'm doing mm. one of these or do you find it after like the first jotting of notes et sure. cetera it seems like each thing can be one of those things. Um, 
you know, it, it really is, seems to be most dependent on what I'm reading. Um, if I'm in the neighborhood of novel writing and have like just finished a novel, uh, reading, um, then it, it's far more likely that my, the way I'm singing or the way that I'm producing words will end up being in prosaic long paragraphs that deliver at a speed that in some ways reflects what I, what somebody else is doing, um, which does make it a sort of community affair and leave some suggestions and some consideration to be done perhaps on what you and I have both been struggling with in regards to the coronavirus, which is like a lack of production or a lack of, I mean, I've been writing plenty, I guess. Um, but that the, the things that I've been writing before are not the same as what I'm writing now. And so coming to terms with this change, um, for instance, I've been writing poetry, which fuck, I haven't written poetry since like, since shark pack started which is now edging five years ago and that was only briefly that was like six months and that was just because i was reading and talking about poetry a lot um but now you know a lot of what i'm reading is that we have this workshop and that's five pieces a week that i'm reading and nobody else in the workshop is writing stories so i feel strange turning in a story at this point uh, there's a degree of that kind of artificiality about it. And then two, I think that more, more now than ever, the, the lines between those three things are kind of blurring a little bit more. Um, I'm realizing that like for a long time I was affecting a certain style of poetry that was not in fact myself. Mm -hmm. Um, and that, the story writing that I am doing right now and that have been doing, which is probably what I would consider my stronger suit. Um, and, or maybe just what I've been focusing on a lot recently is, um, allowing me to understand that writing a poem can be done in a similar vein, can be, um, can follow the same path, but with fewer words and maybe with, um, uh, larger steps between, uh, where things happened. Um, you know, right now writing a lot of poetry versus what I would supposedly like to be doing, which is writing Ugo, writing my novel. Uh, I'm, I'm wondering, I've, I've, in the, in the occasions when I sit down to work on the book, um, I'm approaching those occasions with, with the same, with the same sense of time as writing a poem. So like sitting down to write a portion of Ugo, I'm, I'm exploring each section of it, which it, it now is being divorced into little, um, probably like, you know, page and a half long sections. Um, each one of those needs to have the beginning and the middle and the end. And not only that, but the attention that I'm bringing to each sentence needs to be at the same pace as I'm moving through a poem, which is fairly slowly, you know, it's fairly, um, fairly, uh, I keep going to these, like this low black sea feeling, which is like in a boat just above the sea, kind of waiting and then every so often a fin will detail itself and I'll say a fin was there. 
And then perhaps the fin will extend itself yet further. And because I'm in this small craft with few waves, there's little to define except what, what comes out of it. Um, Mm -hmm. and that, that is very different than what I had, how I had approached the book in the first place, which was, I'm going to dive down under the water and I'm just going to make the bubbles. And I'm going to say, I'm making bubbles. And I'm going to say, and here is this, right? There's, it's a, a lack of patience and a need to simply swim from island to island thinking that that was that those were the important elements to the sea. So perhaps it's just the case that we're in a, a, a more poetic moment yeah. where, where poetry serves us uh, more than the, the, the sprawling exploration that a novel can provide where our worlds are limited. Mm-hmm. We're closer, everything's smaller. That it, it, and the way you described it, it's a more passive stance. Mm. And that's, I think, a lot of how I felt and where my energy has, I guess, been felt that there's the, the act of just waiting and watching and wondering, like, mm. what's to go with the fin like what is that fin what's it attached to is it going to come closer that like it's really like most of this like pandemic since it really broke Mm -hmm. it's been like what's gonna happen today Mm -hmm. and and really there is no or there's very little like diving down and exploring it's just waiting and describing there was a there was go ahead i'm sorry no 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 i just yeah there was a lot of, um, in pre-pandemia, there was a lot of, um, I'm going to write this book. I want to write my, um, you know, werewolf book. I want to write mm-hmm. my gang book. I want to write, and, mm-hmm. you know, these are obvious examples, but, like, I want to write my love story. I want to write, you know, like these, the notion of it being, uh, that there being locations, even, uh, to visit, and that each location uh, was, was different than anything else. Um, was, you know, that the love story was separate from the, the gang book. Um, it's amazing how the language of the people around us and the way that we're communicating, communicating with people has become so much more deeply metaphorical as opposed to detail oriented, as Mm -hmm. opposed to like, like, I cannot tell you how difficult the conversations that I've had with people if they revolve around anything other than something important. Um, the, the, the small talk conversations, which six months ago, eight months ago were, you know, plentiful and easy. And there was a joy in like touring around, you know, the minutia of the world with other people, because it seemed like it, not, it's not that it didn't matter that not all of it mattered, but it was like, yeah, sure. Let's talk about, you know, D and D for a while. Let's, let's, let's go on about like, you know, how, how your business is doing business for a while. I don't mind. Like, I like that system. It's an interesting system to talk about how buying a house is a difficult thing. And here are the difficulties of home ownership and all this sort of stuff, you know? And now it's like, "Mm, wow, none of that is important. You know, wow. Like 
wow, there are really some essential elements. And not only are there essential elements that were already on the table to talk about, e.g. family, um, health, etc., but there's something below that. There's something, there's something essential which has to do with ideals, which has to do with virtues, which has to do with uh, the how of things, the, the why of things uh, that, you know, some people are actively in that space already. Um, and they often before this got written off as sort of um, nutcases, shamans explorers, mystics, um, you know, priests to a lesser degree, um, people who don't involve themselves, who involve themselves with a layer below the world that exists. And that is actually the foundation of the way that things are. Um, and I think because everyone has had so many of those layers sloughed off and no longer have that to explore, it's provoked a community sense of, we're closer to our core of what, what are we like, what are we and why are we doing this? And like what comes next for the commute for the society or not even society, but what comes next for like the human. Um, and I think that's provoked me certainly to move more towards the places where it's like, Hey, there's some room to move here. Like there's, uh, you know, poetic language can move people without them quite understanding what it's saying. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think, uh, especially in these last three, two to three weeks with the Black Lives Matter, that it's, yeah, right, the, the conversations keep getting deeper. Mm. I think that's like that, like digging down to the fundamental that part of what makes this moment of, of protest different than previous moments of protest was that we had already had to mm. because of the pandemic we'd already had to work through a certain number of layers that we never work through uh because we don't have to because we're distracted hmm. but hmm. via the pandemic less distractions we were all hmm. at the same time hmm forced to work through a certain number of layers of these questions. Who are we? What's important? What are we doing here? Mm -hmm. And then there was this other catalyst, this other crisis, which just took it from more like the, like the theoretical, like mm. we're just sitting in our houses wondering what we're doing and why. And now suddenly like, holy shit, this is what fucking, this is why these questions matter mm. and the way in which we answer these questions matter. Not just, not just for like the long-term question of how do we build society again from here, mm. but like, what does this mean for like individual particular human lives? Mm. Mm. Um, mm. So I think, yeah, I think all that, um, the, the, uh, there had been a lot written about distraction and like how distracted we are mm -hmm. and, and the, the battle for mm -hmm. all our attention and and I, I certainly knew that and am part of it and victim to it as much as anyone but it, it really 
it's like it's here that moment is here in which we realize how much we were distracted and how much mm. how a different life looks when we are not as distracted mm. Mm. that's really interesting i i hadn't thought of how much literature you know cult literature but you know how much writing was actually being done about just like observation observance inability to see inattention and you're right like we were rife with that stuff everything you read or watched online was how to how to bring back your attention span how to right right you know, be productive yeah yeah how to pay attention yeah or one of my favorite books uh how to do nothing. It's one of my favorite books of the last few years. I don't know. Have you uh-uh, I read seen it. that or that? Oh, it's a good book. How to do nothing. Jenny huh. Odell. Huh? Yeah. It's a, what does she touch on? Uh, the a bird watching. That's her like kind of the, hmm. the door through which she uh, invites you into looking closer at the world. Hmm. And she talked about how, after the 2016 election, when most of us were like numb <laughs> with shock or like rippling with anger, whatever we were feeling, that after that she just would go on these walks and start like observing the birds around her and listening to them. And that opened this whole hmm. practice of doing. Just, Less. Be, do, being yeah just being and looking and listening and, and how do we do that hmm. when we're hyper plugged into everything hmm. yeah we were um we were kind of on this topic earlier this morning um just about the uh the fact that by dint of doing most things you uh you put something else under your thumb and that something can be another person or it can be a natural resource. Um, but, you know, I mean, sitting in the grass, you sit on the grass, right? Mm-hmm. You don't, you don't, uh, sitting on a, on a, on a floor, you, you sit on the, the wool of sheep that were roved around, um, uh, going to the, going to the library and even there being a library requires that somebody works at the library getting on the internet requires that there's a nuclear or a, or a coal power plant that's pumping out electricity so that you can use right. the computer. Um, and that it seems to be that the, the, uh, there is a certain weight in balancing out what you're electing to do versus, um, uh, versus not electing to do. And we can't not do anything. Right. I I guess, you know, there is, there is the act of doing as little as possible, um, and of involving yourself in a moment thoroughly, like so yeah. much of so much of what you get to do, um, and this this metaphor or image kept coming to my head while we were talking about it today, which was like kind of me sitting on the porch more or less uh, and watching and listening the th- to the things that are there, uh, the the tree drifting. You know, obviously, I'm very happy to have a small bit of nature to be able to look at. Um, uh, but you know, humans themselves are worth looking at too. And the city moving around is worth looking at, or the city not moving even more preferentially to me, um, is worth, worth watching and seeing. Um, it's just that, uh, stimulation has grown so, uh, 
has grown into a believed right uh, that that we should always be able to have something that we're doing. Yeah. Um, it is like it's like well, I mean, if I'm not if I'm not doing something, then what am I doing? Uh, and the, then the question becomes like, do you need to do? Um, and if you're not doing, what are you? Yeah. And then the the upshot to the book, uh, I guess not not surprisingly, but paradoxically, is that that by doing nothing, we end up kind of doing less, but doing that abundantly, doing mm. it the mm. experiences richer and mm. deeper, and so it's yeah, that's not not striving to churn in the like capitalist sense uh, just more more longer longer we end up being more i mean it sounds all like woo -woo. like woo-woo mm -hmm. and like touchy-feely but uh, like but it's also true yeah <laughs> and, and and it's an antidote to just so many of the ills of like like stress and anxiety like mental and like hmm. physical ills uh, i mean she even talks about the uh, we're all lonely Every, you know we're lonely people are lonely even though we're more connected than ever before and uh and why are we lonely it's because we're not actually hmm. pre present and really engaging it's hmm. and and that uh, she's talked about these relationships she's been able to build with like individual birds in her neighborhood just by like being present and paying attention uh, she isn't lonely it doesn't need people around to not be lonely she can build relationships with hmm. birds that are rich and important and grounding and most things that you would want a relationship to mm. be it's there we don't have to necessarily go mm. churning through life trying to find these things mm. yeah the dog has been coming in periodically and not today but on other days and will come up to me with um like clear intention and uh it's funny because that the the instinct is to admit the intent attention and say you know maybe talk to her a little bit say hello give her a couple pets whatever and then say okay go ahead go on yeah and the that instinct that it is imperative on us to end a conversation with anything is suggesting that that thing doesn't know when the when it's done um, mm, that, mm. that like, what does it mean to sit with the dog until she's done with me? Mm. Um, it's difficult, you know, it's really like, because it's like, well, you know, we, I only know a few modes of playing with you. I only know a few things about how you, how you are, or what, how we get along really. Um, and yet what I have found is that if I can, if I can hang with her for as long as possible, you know, and, and really 
continue it's interesting because most of our communication is by touch right with dogs mm, sure. um it's you you get in there and you figure out a spot and they love it you know or <laughs> or they don't love it and they're like they move away from you and and a lot of people know how to do it and some people don't know how to do it um uh but uh questing around her body and touching her and pushing harder and pushing softer and finding watching her respond to that whether she squirms away or she, you know, twists into it and changes. And she's very, um, she's a rolly dog. So like, it's pretty easy to get like a hand underneath her back while she's and give her some belly rubs and so on. Um, but at a certain point, kind of in the way that you do in a, in stretching or in meditation, there comes a crux point in playing with her, not just playing, but like pursuing a single avenue of touch. Uh, that is like I'll try for like one part of her spine, almost like I'm trying to like lift her up and make her like a weird different shape to see if she gets uncomfortable. Not not to the point where she does, but like to the point where it's like, can I make your body feel something that it couldn't if I wasn't here? Mm-hmm. And on finding that spot, we both can tell what it is, because if I push any further, it's like, oh, that she's going to twist away because it's like, hey, that's a threat to my spine. Like you're going to you're going to break my back or something. Um, and I, if I go backwards, I know that I've gone backwards and the communication in that way is done. Um, and so rolling her to that specific spot, letting her hang there and then maybe finding a slightly different like petting method or something. And we both just sit there in the stillness of that strange space. And then when it's done, we both get off. I have all these weird cracks that have built up, like my hands crack, my back or something will crack. She'll get up and like shake around a little bit. And then she'll look back at me and then she'll just walk away. Um, And it feels like a completion, like a beginning, a middle, an end where, um, and I, I think this, this metaphor or this, this analogy rings true through so many interactions with the world, with other people and so forth is that when it's taken and put in a place of not discomfort exactly, but like vectoring the conversation and not expecting it to be over anytime soon or not to be the one who's closing it down. Uh, uh, it, it shows the windows when things are supposed to be done. Um, when things, how they were walked into, uh, what sort of energy they had from the beginning until they release, until they're, you know, until she walks out the door, basically. And that has a lot to do with story, like we were talking early, earlier, how do we find those complete stories in the midst of our yeah incomplete <laughs> life and incomplete arc that we are yeah. part of. Yeah. That's interesting is relating it to the greater mm-hmm. body, huh? Is, is yeah. that, is that sense of like no resolution and yet you must find resolution. Yeah. Well, and you mean it like just right. And, and, is resolution ours to find mm. or is it ours to create or do we just find it or is do it up to the, is it up to the dog does the yeah. dog tell us mm. when when the story is complete mm. and so mm. and i'm just wondering like what these things that we say like are open-ended and are there's been no resolution is it just because we haven't mm. been paying attention mm-hmm. enough or we haven't been looking at it in the right way mm-hmm. uh you know, is resolution is the, even that that word like if if we could map dog minds, would the 
concept of resolution even appear on a dog mind or is that mm. not something mm. the dog is interested in that's our ego so. ego I driven so. i think it does maybe yeah. not maybe not maybe they i don't they wouldn't have the word obviously but like um you know a dog picks up a toy and chews it to a certain point and then is fatigued by it mm-hmm. um and sets it somewhere else whether you, maybe you tell them to stop playing with it or you know a dog goes to clean its butt you know at and at a fixed point it's done cleaning its butt you're like mm-hmm. oh you're you got what you needed to that that mm-hmm. that thing is got um i think they actually are probably better at finding resolution with things than we um or it feels that way anyway maybe better mm-hmm. at attending to it you know we were talking earlier about the 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 soundscape of life and that the world has a sort of hum to it that's a very low noise that we are because we're kind of focused on the the higher noises of the city and of conversation and language and uh, the mind and all these things up here that like hearing the thrum of how this big, bigger thing is moving um, is something we're farther away from. And so just don't have nearly because of our lack of proximity to it. We don't have the same ability to assess how we are in relation to it or whether something is passing like weather patterns, for instance, um, you know, knowing that a storm will end, we have a tendency to be like, we don't have a fucking clue, but, but if we were, you know, spending more time actually outside, um, you know, not separated from it, we would easily mm-hmm. know right. and feel that something is beginning and when roughly yeah. it'll go away. Uh, I, I have a, um, I, I was telling you about the, the process of, um, writing the maggot and reading about um, decomposition. Yeah. Um, And a lot of that had to do with a chore that I had to do recently, um, which was go under the deck down at uh, this little lake house and, um, and figure out where this smell was coming from for the folks that are living there. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I knew and they knew that they had trapped some otters underneath the house um, they'd stoned them in or walled them in because mm-hmm. they didn't want them under there anymore. The owner didn't want them anymore. And one had died. They'd gone in, found it, dragged it out, but the smell had remained. And the, the difficulty in getting under there, um, is that it's a crawl space basically where Tim's at right now. And, um, and further back, it gets narrow enough that like, I'm only inches away from basically the rafters. All the yeah. insulation has been torn down, um, so I have to re-insulate, re-tarp, and then dig out the old insulation that's been used as nests for these otters as they make their babies in the spring. Um, and in that process, uh, I found that, like, you know, three hours underneath there, there was a whole another nest in the back and another dead otter. And... Um, I had to kind of ball up all this insulation in this really tight space and, and ball up that, that kind of piece of animal matter at this point and all the bugs associated and kind of move it down and out with my feet. And the whole process had such a feeling of completion to it. And there was a number Mm -hmm. of levels of completion, obviously like um, getting the job done properly in its own way has a sort of resolution to it as a sort of like, if you haven't finished the job, you know, you haven't finished the job. Yeah. And there's some people who are willing to overlook not finishing the job. 
in favor of go, getting back to whatever they were doing a second ago or feeling like they're not, they don't, they shouldn't be the one to do it or somebody else should resolve this. Um, but there was also the resolution of seeing this, you know, body going through the process of, of, you know, turning from what was something well before I got there alive and, and full of life to, you know, trapped and starved and dead and then subsequently eaten and all the life that had gone through cycles on top of that body that, you know, took the nutrients and moved on from there and became flies or beetles or um, wasps or whatever they became um, to the plants that grew up that were starting to sap at that stuff. Um, and I think um, the whole process felt very good for me and very cathartic for me to both experience that on a small level and for, on my human level, the chore completion element of it, mm. and helps me tie to... Um, kind of something that I, I feel as a person for as far as health is concerned, which is the less I'm actually resolving or waiting for something to be done that I enter into in its process, the less healthy I feel, the less sure of myself I feel, the, the less I'm able to enter into another thing and do that thing. So, you know, this editing that I'm working on for Bernadette, which has obviously gone on too long. Like, because I have not done it, because when I sit down to it, I feel distracted, deter, you know, moved away from, um, mm. it's prevented me from working on other stuff, yeah. uh, you know? And, and I yeah. just think that that, that act of, uh, the act of incompletion, if it can be called that, or just that state of incompletion, um, is, and I'd be curious on your re reaction or relationship to the word is a state of gracelessness is a state of not seeing is not taking the proper steps um, as they are due um, and completing the thing. Um, like uh, a graceful step is to see that one needs to step onto that beam and step with this amount of muscle and with this lean and to end up standing properly without too much interference or with no interference, right? Without moving, without friction to me is a sort of grace. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that actions can be taken with grace. Mm -hmm. Feelings can be had with grace. Conversation can be led with grace. Um, and it's something that I think I'm eager to pursue always. Um, and has a lot to do with resolution with beginning, middle, end of everything that you do. I think gracelessness is the right word. Theologically, in the, the Christian sense, the grace is this moment, like it's permission to move forward. It's a, mm. kind of this invitation to let go of all the mess and like move into this next hmm. thing. Uh, so I, I think it's, it, it's, a, it, it's not necessarily like resolution in that, like the product, the, the thing is done, hmm. but you don't need to keep carrying around the, the hmm. burden of the, the thing that is undone. You can move on, hmm. uh, which doesn't quite carry over when you like have a client with a particular yeah. uh, task that we need to, to, to finish. Uh, but, you know, imagine the, 
the relief if like hmm. Bernadette was like, you know, yeah. uh, either like it's it's good enough right now. I'll I'll take what you've given me, mm-hmm. move on, or I'm in no hurry. Mm-hmm. Like don't you know want there's something else that you have like energy for work on that and come back to but mm. that grace is that kind of permission mm. Mm. Uh, and uh, yeah so i think there is a certain there's either a, a certain resolution or a, a certain permission to not resolve resolve mm. yeah and in some ways you know like it just tying to writing you know so many stories that we have we could worry over forever. Right. You know, we, we, every time we return to it and read it, something else changes in our minds. It's so, so rare. I, I don't know if it has ever happened to me where I'm like, yep. Yeah. And there's nothing else I can do with this. If sure. I, if I ran through this again, I wouldn't see anything. Um, the, the, the fact that we return to the same themes over and over again, um, you know, fought my father and I's relationship, uh, mm-hmm. you know, all these sorts of things. Um, you keep returning to them, not with the interest of ever necessarily saying like, <laughs> it doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, instead it's, uh, you know, the, the, I'm here again, I'm looking at it again. Okay. I've looked at it long enough. I can move on. Um, I'll be back. But uh, <laughs> right. for now, you know, uh, right. that that'll do something and something in me allows, you know, gives grace, suggests, please, please move forward. Thanks for listening to The Nudge. Any books, films, interviews or other media that we've mentioned, we've tried to track down and pin on our discord server for interested parties. If you'd like to join us in conversation, share something you've been prompted to write, or just take a peek at these references, you'll find links to that server on our website, clawfootpress.com. Thanks again.